What do you do when you don't know what to say? You don't know what action steps to take. You don't know how to feel. You're in a state of confusion. You're in deep pain. You're in heartache. You're angry. You're sad, maybe in depression. You feel like giving up. Hope is really, really low. Faith is non-existent. What do you do? Who can you talk to about this? Who's going to send help? I know someone and he's available right now. Right this second. Welcome to the Save the Good Girl podcast, everybody. I am your host, Erica E. And for those who do not know me, welcome to your first luxury listening experience. Over here, we do not do general admission. I want to make sure that you are getting the VIP treatment that you deserve. So here's what you got to do. Go to savethegirlgirl.com, enter your email address, and you are going to get beautifully crafted newsletters by me. In addition to the audio that you're about to receive right now, I also do visuals. So be sure to follow Save the Good Girl on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Threads, and Facebook. All of my handles are Save the Good Girl, so it's very, very easy to find. And y'all, you're not going to regret it. Like Once you start listening and you get to know me, I get to know you, we get to know each other. It's going to be great. Like, let's just pop the champagne, you know? So y'all, I feel like sometimes we get into these spaces where life becomes like, you really just don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You just feel very like, I don't know what's going on. And in that instance, we really have to lean on something higher than us because we are a very small piece to the puzzle. Let's talk about this. Let's get into this episode. Before we get into this amazing episode, and I have to tell you, it will be amazing because God said it was, not me, he said it. We have to start with the exquisite moment. And for those of you who do not know, the exquisite moment is where I take just five minutes to talk about everything and every experience that has been exquisite for me. And I'm going to share that with you guys. It's kind of like my lifestyle segment. And speaking of lifestyle, I do have a lifestyle page on Instagram called Exquisitely Erica. So if you guys want to check it out, if you love fragrances, if you love restaurant reviews, if you love cooking, if you love color, if you love different experiences, you would really, really love this page. So usually when I do my episodes, I always talk about like how I'm feeling and all of that anyway. So I'm doing the same thing. I'm just giving it a segment called Exquisite Moments because we need to live exquisitely, you know, very high end type of lifestyle. So today I am still lighting my coconut candle smells really, really good. And I smelled this jasmine and cedarwood perfume oil from Sand and Fog. Sand and Fog is a candle, I would say candle more home diffuser type of company. I had no idea they started doing any type of perfume oils. I mean, it makes sense because perfume oils, diffusers, candles, it it makes sense for the brand, but I've never seen any of their fragrances. And now here is the thing. If you guys are really interested in Baccarat Rouge 540, this oil is the dupe of dupe of dupes, okay? Baccarat Rouge is a very popular fragrance. It has gained popularity, I would say, two to three years ago, and it's still at the top. The thing about Baccarat Rouge is that it's very, 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 very heavily produced with other companies. 
And they created a jasmine and cedarwood, which probably is the main notes of the fragrance. It smells just like it, y'all. And it's pretty sweet and I like it. So I was like, ooh, so I got that. I had a French vanilla iced coffee. I've been doing a lot of sweet cream, but the French vanilla iced coffee hazelnut has been coming back to me. So that has been really great. And I'm going to see my friends in Texas. And I wanted to give her, you know, well, here's the thing. My friends, children are my nieces. I don't, I don't call them nothing more than that. If you're my friend, I don't care. We family and they're my nieces. So I got my niece, this really beautiful doll. And it's from this black owned company called Harper Iman. And I saw them at TJ Maxx. You guys know I'm always there. <laughs> I saw them at TJ Maxx. And I just love the way the doll looked. I love the story behind it. It's a mother and daughter duo who decided to start their own business to create more representation of black dolls. And I just love it. And it's something that I would appreciate as a child. And it's also a doll that I feel like she can have forever. And this particular doll, her story is that she loves to read and she wants to be a doctor one day. She loves to travel. It's just really cute, you guys. It was It's so beautiful. I'm probably going to post about it on Exquisitely Erica so you guys can check it out there. But it's such a beautiful doll. And then um, I had to get like a gift bag for it. I went to wrap it up. And I just, I really love giving meaningful gifts to people. I really love that. Like something that can they can have for a while, something that's sentimental, something that, you know, really gravitate towards that person. So I'm really excited to give it to her. Like I'm mad hype. Like whenever I buy things for children, I think I'm, I'm more hype than they are. Like I get really excited. And then um, I had a really great conversation with my with my friend today. And it was just good. You know, when you have that good conversation with somebody where it just flows, it's like, yeah, I talk for two hours. It doesn't even feel like it. We jumped. I've noticed today we jumped from so many topics from one to the next. Like it was like talking about men, talking about perfume because I was telling her about the perfume that I got. She's like, oh, I got it too. And I'm like, oh my God, we got the same thing. Then I'm sending her a perfume. Then she's sending me something. Then it's like, oh, life. Then it's this and it's that. So we just have that kind of relationship where we can just go back and forth about everything. Before you know it, we're on the phone for two hours. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> So these are the things that have been exquisite. Again, I feel like my exquisite moment is also kind of like my gratitude section because, you know, these are good things, right? These are good things that makes me feel good. Um, I'm going to see my friend tonight. We're going to have dinner and I can't wait to see my friends in Texas and spend some time with them. I love quality time. I don't care what we do. We could be in the house. We could be chilling. We could be watching TV. We could talk. We could play games. We could go get brunch. We can go to dinner. I just love quality time with people that I love. I genuinely love it. So I'm really excited for that. And just to spend time and laugh and learn and be and manifest and engage and hear their stories because hearing people's success and their stories really does something to me. It really motivates me and it inspires me. So I love to be around it. And I'm very blessed to know a lot of amazing people who are doing amazing things. So I find inspiration and every single thing. So it was good. It was good. So this is my exquisite moment. Just want to share that with you guys. And I want to hear about your exquisite moments. Like if you've experienced something or something really great happened to you, because you know, sometimes we got some difficulties sharing our celebrations and our wins. We, we, we tend to kind of shy away. I do that too. I ain't gonna lie. But I would love to hear your exquisite moment too. So share that with me. Send me a message on savethegoodgirl.com or DMs on social media. I would love to hear about yours. So y'all, I was sitting in my chair, right? I was sitting in my chair. I was on my phone. And then I put the phone down. 
And I looked up and I was just thinking for like five seconds. And something told me to do this episode about God. There's two reasons why. The first reason is my mother, because today is her birthday, mommy. I want to say happy birthday to you. And I love you so much. There is nothing that I can do to ever repay you for all the amazing things that you have done for me. I have learned from you how to be a woman, a woman of God, a woman of integrity, a woman of love, a woman of honor, a woman of respect. And I love and appreciate you so much because there are so many elements to you and you have been through so much and you continue to persevere. You continue to be a shining light. You never gave up. You are the reason why that I continue to push the way that I do because you continue to push every single day, every single day. And you fight for yourself and you fight for us and you love us, mommy. And I love you because your love for God and the way that you pray, I don't even know why I worry because the way that you pray, mommy, I'm good for the rest of my life. And my children's children's children is good for the rest of their lives because your dedication to God and knowing who he is and how you put him first at all times and your worries are extremely limited because you know who he is the king. You know that he got you. You know that he loves you. It's beyond beautiful to witness. I thank you for being consistent. I thank you for being a wonderful mother, nurturer, and supporter. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> so I thank you for being a supporter of all of your children, for loving us, for teaching us, for giving us all these values. I can't pay for that. My goal is to be a mother like you, a wife like you. Thank you for letting me see how you love daddy. Thank you for being such an example of the vows that you and daddy took. Thank you for being so respectful and honorable and loving to everybody around you, for being the light, for being fun. I am so blessed that I get to have the opportunity to have a mixture of you and daddy's DNA through my body. It is an honor because you are truly a queen. You are golden. You are gold. You are priceless and you are amazing, mom. And I love you so much. And whatever I do, I think about you and daddy all the time. I want to continue to make you proud. I want to continue to make you happy. I want to create more memories with you. I love your smile. I love your style. You look good. You smell good. You're a giver. You will cook for anybody. You will be there for anybody. You will answer your phone late at night for everybody. You are amazing. And this episode is dedicated to you because you love God so much. And there were moments where I couldn't even talk to God. I couldn't even pray. And you consistently prayed for me. You consistently guided me to who he was, who he is, because, you know, that, that was my bad, who he is. And he's an amazing, amazing, amazing person. And I am so grateful that God said, this is going to be your mother. And I love you, mommy. I love you so much. And I'm so excited for the continued healing, for the continued growth, and for your continued success 
you motivate me. You are my inspiration. When they say, oh, who's your your biggest motivational person? Who do you look up to? It's you and daddy. I've always said that. I love you guys so much. I'm grateful that I don't have to go to outside sources to pull inspiration. I got it right here with you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving my brother, my sister. Thank you for loving us, mommy. You really love us. Like, you really like me. Like, you love us. Thank you. Thank you for being there, mom. I love you. Happy birthday. This episode is dedicated to you. This episode is dedicated to you for your birthday and also dedicated to the love of you and daddy. And it is my hope that God blesses me with that type of love and always putting God first and having God in my marriage the same way you and daddy had God in your marriage. I love you. God is going to bless you, keep you healthy, so I can give you more kisses and more hugs, even though I'll be annoying you, but I don't care because I love you. Anyways, <laughs> I love you, mommy. I love you so much. So I wanted to dedicate this episode to my mother. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about God, because she loves God and she is a prayer warrior. This woman will pray you down. And then the second reason was because God told me to do it. He told me to do it. He told me, you're going to talk about this. <laughs> I have so many topics, y'all, on my phone. But I do give myself the freedom to be free when I do record to see where does my energy go. And it really went here. It really went here. And I really want to talk to you guys about my journey with God. My journey with God started before I was born. You know how in the Bible it says, before you were born, I knew you, so God already knew, right? So before I was born, my journey started, and I'm saying that because it started when my parents met. My parents both believe in God, and when they decided to have a family, they both were aligned with having God being the head. He is the foundation. He is the one. So everything they did was in prayer everything, every decision they made, God was involved. So now here comes little Erica. Wee, she's here. And I was in a Catholic middle school. So learning about God and prayer, all of that was really integrated into my life from very early on. And being in a Catholic middle school, it was very repetitive in terms of learning when to say the Hail Mary, when to say the Our Father, learning when to stand up, learning when to sit down. So it was very kind of like just learning how to do everything. But I don't know if I understood the why 100%. And I would ask a lot of questions because I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? So I knew that God was good. I knew that the devil was bad. I knew that before you ate, you should pray and thank God for that. I knew and I understood that not everybody was blessed to have a home and not everybody was blessed to have food. Like I was very aware of that. Even as a kid, like I was aware. I knew that God was a protector. I knew that he was important because my mother and my father would pray every single morning. They would pray every single night together. So as a kid, when you see that all the time, it's like, okay, this is serious. <laughs> like y'all doing this a lot. So I knew that from there and I understood it from, from that regard. And I knew, okay, this is important. And I think that as a kid, 
um, you know, you're learning, you're playing with your friends, you know, your mindset is not so focused on God, but it doesn't take away that it's very important to instill these values in your kids when they were young, when they're younger, because this is why I am the way that I am right now. So once I've gotten a little older and I went to high school, this is where I'm like, okay, now I'm independent because I left a Catholic middle school to go to a public high school. So therefore we didn't have religious classes. I didn't have to go to church all the time. It was different. So because of that, it became a bit more independent and it doesn't mean that I stopped praying or stopped doing everything, but the understanding of God and the depth of him was different because now I'm praying on my own. It is not a universal, like we need to pray because in the Catholic uh, middle school, we prayed every morning, right? So I was still doing that. Like there's certain things that I was still doing, but when you go to high school and you go into college and you're growing up, there's things that start to like, you're very independent now. So now it's like, okay, God, what does this all mean? Right? So of course in high school, I was really praying a lot when things were going wrong. You know, I'm like, things are wrong. God, I need help. This is wrong. God, I need help. Or I'm taking a test. God, please help me pass this test. I'm taking the the regents. God, please help me pass these regents. So I would always come to him to ask, right? I don't, I would thank him, but I don't think I was as gracious with gratitude when I was in high school because in high school, your head, your head is all over the place. At least I was. And then, you know, you get into college and now you're like really growing into adulthood. And this is where you start to see transitions, at least for me. And when I left college, it was very different for me because everybody had a job lined up and I didn't have a job lined up right away. So I'm like, wait, hold up. Because from middle school up until college, everything was even. We both went to kindergarten and we're all going to first grade. We're all going to second grade. We're all going to eighth grade. We're all going to ninth grade. We're all going to 11th grade. Now we're in high school. We're all freshmen. We're all sophomores. So you have this alignment with your friends up until college if you went that route, right? You have this sense of alignment. After college, everybody is dispersed into the world. And now there's no, there's no, you know, senior part two, right? It's just adulthood. So when I was trying to figure out what's happening with my career and what do I want to do, I was so confused and I didn't like that. I, I really hated the fact that I was in this limbo because I had friends who were like, yeah, I'm in accounting. I got my job lined up. Yeah. And I did the thing. I did all the internships. I connected. I networked. I went to all of the job fairs. I did everything. And I'm like, why is this so difficult for me? Now, granted, I did graduate during a recession. <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, but I just felt like, why are things easy for some people and not easy for others? Why is it? So this is where my questioning was coming in, in college. Because in, in middle school and high school, I didn't really question. It was just like, this is God. This is what's going on. College, I'm like, wait, hold up. This is not fair. What's happening, right? What is going on? So I felt very off. And I'm like, why is it easy for this person to get to this level? And why is it so challenging for me? Why is it so hard for me to do this? Why is it so hard for me to do that? And I, I, get, I got into a place of depression because I felt like, God, where are you? Where are you? Because I'm praying. I'm doing everything that I've learned since middle school, since high school. I'm going to church. I'm getting on my knees. I'm talking to you. I'm being kind to people. I'm being good to people. I'm being honest. 
why are you not cooperating with me? Do you not like me? Like, what is going on? So this is what was happening for me during college. And of course, during college, you start talking to guys and then you start going through heartache and heartbreak. And you're like, wait, this person got a boyfriend buying her big balloons. And why am I, you know, so you get so confused as to why, (laughs) why is this happening? And then now in hindsight, I I realized that God carried me through the entire time and everything happens for a reason. I know that's very cliche, but he has a divine plan. And even until this day, I need a constant reminder all the time that God is working. He is working and we work for him. It's not the other way around. He has a plan. No matter what you try to do, you cannot escape his plan. You could try to do X, Y, and Z. If he tells, if he says, no, I want you to do this, that's exactly what you're going to do. And I think about the spaces that I've been in. And if I did it any other way, I wouldn't meet certain people, right? If I didn't take these certain jobs, I am still friends with people that I've worked with when I was like 21 years old, 22 years old. We are still friends until this day. I am still very, very great friends with people that I've met at internships, right? So if I didn't go that direction, I wouldn't meet these people. But you have to understand when you're going through it, you don't see it that way. Everything is debilitating. Everything is wrong. You just feel like you're being targeted. (laughs) You're like, God, are you using me as your strongest uh, soldier yet again? Because I'm tired. Okay. I don't want to do this anymore. And I've realized that God has been protecting me. There's a lot of protection going on. And something that comes to mind when I think about protection is Hurricane Katrina. So in New York, we had a really bad hurricane, really, really bad hurricane uh, a few years ago. I would say 10 to 15 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while, maybe 20 years ago. I don't know. But it was it was really bad. It affected a lot of people. It affected a lot of homes. It was really, really bad. I will never forget, y'all. The flooding was ridiculous. Okay. I remember we were all nervous. I remember there was one point where the water was about to hit the house. And my father prayed and he said, God, this water won't touch the house. It won't touch the house. It won't touch the house. Y'all, no lie, because I saw this with my own eyes. Do you know that our house did not get flooded? And I'll tell you why that's very, very, very important. Because the homes next door, the homes across the street, all got flooded. Our home was perfectly fine. There was no water damage. There was nothing in our basement, nothing. And I remember seeing the water slowly coming to our grass. I felt like it was like right there coming to the front and it stopped. And I remember, I said, oh my God, two things came to my mind. Number one, my father's a problem solver. And that's why I'm like, I need a man who knows how to solve problems because we were all nervous. And I know my father was nervous too, but his faith was so strong in that moment, so strong that he did not care about no hurricane. And I just think about all of the ways that God has protected me. And if you really think about the ways that God has protected you, even when things are not going as 
planned, right? We don't know what he's protecting us from, you know, because we see things in one view. God sees the whole picture. We don't see the whole picture. When you get a new job and you, let's say you, um, well, not get a new job, but let's say you're applying for a job and you really want this job. You don't know what's waiting for you on the other end. You don't know what's happening. You don't know the culture. You don't know the manager. You don't know what kind of hell you're going to get into. So we get upset because I definitely did when you want a certain opportunity and it doesn't work out. I remember when I was applying for this job to be a manager at this store in Fifth Avenue. I was working with this recruiter. This was like early in my career. I was working with this recruiter. We were talking all the time. I loved her. She was giving me updates all the time. So then finally, the company that I really wanted to work for was going to hire me. The recruiter said, hey, Erica, they love you. She said it with such a tone that was very like dry. So I'm like, oh my God, like I'm screaming. She was like, yeah. She was, listen, I I, I, I got to be honest with you. I said, okay. She was like, the company is going under. The person that's managing right now, she's going to quit. But you're going to be in the same place in like five months. I wouldn't take this offer. As a recruiter, you get commission when people take a job. The fact that this woman was honest with me to tell me, don't do it. I will help you find something else. And she did. I will help you find something else. Do not take this one. And y'all, I was writing like I got the job, putting it under my pillow. I'm praying like crazy. I'm doing everything. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my God, they loved me. She goes, yeah, don't do it. So I'm a, I'm a little crushed, but then I... I'm like, I respect you for telling me that because if you tell me not to take it, that means that something's not right. That means that something is not right. So I have witnessed his protection. I have witnessed how he carried me, how he carried my family, how he carried my friends, how he's carried, you know, people that I don't even know, but just to hear their stories of how, about how God carries you. What happens when you feel not that it's happening? When you feel like he has forgotten about you, what happens when you don't feel like you are being carried? What happens when you feel alone and dark? When you are in a dark place, there is no way for you to even consider that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because where you are right now, it is dark. It could be sunny outside, the most beautiful day ever, but you won't see that because what you're dealing with is taking over. Have you ever been in a very dark place, whether mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you're just not in a good, positive place? Faith, not there. Hope, not there. Trust, not there. You're questioning God. You're questioning what's going on. You're questioning why. And it's hard because God doesn't like talk like how he used to in the Bible. I've been talking I'm like, God, why don't you like talk to us like, like how you spoke to Moses and all of them? But um, <laughs> listen, God knows how he made me. He knows he made me a little funny. But, you know, you don't know what's going on. You really just don't know. And there's nothing that really people can do sometimes when you're in that deep, dark space, at least for me, because I felt that and I've experienced that and I've been through some things. I've been through some things where I was questioning and I was confused and I'm like, God, why? Why are you doing this? What is the point? I know you have a purpose for everything, but why are you doing this? 
Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? <laughs> and I've experienced that when I lost my father because grief, mm, this is something that all of us, we are all going to experience this. It doesn't matter what. I was watching a sermon recently from T.D. Jakes and he said, hunks die, beautiful people die, rich people die, poor people die. We all die the same. So this is something that we cannot escape. When it happens to you, it is a very debilitating feeling. I didn't have strong faith there. I felt very weak. I was confused. I was questioning why do bad things happen to good people? Like, God, I've seen you do miracles for other people. I've seen you heal people. I've seen you do this. Why couldn't you do this for my father? Why are you doing this to us? I was angry, y'all. But I will tell you, I never hated God. I never hated him. Never. I was confused. I was angry. And when people say, I'm going to pray for you, I'm like, no, seriously, please, please pray for me. Because I wasn't praying for myself. And my faith was under reconstruction. Like, I just felt like, God, like, really? Like, this is real? Like, this is what you, what you decided? And why are you doing this? You know, when you are dealing with grief and you are with somebody and you're laughing, you're joking, then the next minute, you know, this is why we have to take life very seriously. And this is why I love quality time. I've always loved quality time, but I really cherish it. I really cherish being with people, hugging people, talking to people, seeing people. I really cherish these moments because life is interesting and it's very fickle. And the reason why, even though I wasn't praying, I wasn't really talking to God, I was still in a space where I noticed that God was sending help to me and my family. And not just ordinary help, right? People were going above and beyond. And not just right after he passes, because the thing about grieving is that when it first happens, everybody's gonna surround you and love you, da da da. But then it, you know, life moves on for people. And when you're grieving, you're still there. Like, no, this is still affecting me. You know what I mean? Grief is not something where it's like, oh yeah, this happened and I'm good now. It, it, at least for me. I know that grief moves differently for everybody, but it wasn't like that for me. And what really kept me going to not hate God was my mother and my father were praying up until his last day. My father prayed up until his last day. He still was praising God up until his last day. My mother praying heavy up until his last day. I was praying heavy. I was listening to sermons. I was doing whatever I can. Everybody was praying for him. That's why I was confused because I'm like, Lord, we're doing everything we could do, but I know you could do it because you're the almighty. You're the one, you're the way, you're the only one. You're the only one. There's nobody else but you. I know you could do it. I believe you could do it. I have faith you could do it. And then you didn't do it. You didn't do it. And T.D. Jake says, what happens when God doesn't do it? What, happened when, what happens when things still go wrong? Is God your butler? Do you 
work for him or does he work for you? And that really hit me <laughs> because I'm like, no, he's not my butler, but I'm still asking him for stuff. Like it really, really hit me. And it was hard. It's still hard. It's still hard. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my dad. Okay. And the love that my parents have and how they respected their vows and how much that, like, I want that type of a love as well. That's so dignified in the Lord and how much they love him and he carries and he continues to bless and carry us. I'm so grateful for that. I really love that. And it's important that my partner knows who God is. Cause if you don't know who God is, you don't know who I am. I need a man who's going to pray with me, pray for me, pray because of me. You know what I mean? Like I want us to have that type of relationship because this is what I've seen and it worked. It worked. That's the secret. Put God first for real, for real. It works. And I consistently like just being around that, seeing the support that I was given, the way that people went above and beyond for us, the amount of support that I have, I'm not going to say had, have, I still have support. I needed to be reminded of God's favor. I needed to be reminded that he's amazing because in that moment, I'm not saying I didn't know he was amazing. I was angry. I was angry because I'm like, how could you do this to us? And when you're in a dark place, it's like, God, why are you you know, like I can't even talk because I'm like, I'm thinking about where I was, but it's like, where did this decision come from? <laughs> you know? And I don't want to get too, too into it. Cause I know that God is going to do what he's going to do, what he's going to do. You ain't, you ain't going to tell him what he's going to do. Right. But I will say that if it wasn't for the support during that dark time, if it wasn't for people letting me know that there is light at the end of the tunnel, if it wasn't for the constant reminder that God loves me, like I needed to hear that a lot. I needed to hear that a lot because I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it when it first happened. I didn't. I just felt like, yeah, I think he loves me, but I don't know. Like it wasn't as strong. So to constantly hear the reminder of how he loves us, the stories of him and what he does and what he's willing to do, what he's able to do and that he loves me, even though this is going on. And I'm like, how could you love me and you do this? How, how could you do that? So, you know, I've gotten to a place where I've limited my questioning because I want my heart healed rather than my questions to be answered. I'm never going to have my questions answered. I'm never going to know why. I just know that he continued to carry me and my family through. He's continuing to do it now. And I still have my battles now. It's not something that I'm like, oh, yeah, guys, I'm good. I'm perfect because I'm not. But to be in a space where I really do feel love from other people, I witness God's love through other people the opportunities that he's given me. I wouldn't be on this microphone if it wasn't for him. He's what got me here. There's a lot of work that got me here, y'all. 
If you've been listening to Save the Good Girl, you knew that I took a break for a couple of years because I couldn't, I was going through it at that time. He got me here. He got me here. And (laughs) I'm laughing because like there's so many accessories that adds into me being reminded of how amazing he is. And I remember what really got me out of my depression. I'll tell you guys what got me out of of my depression. Many things. But one of the things that struck me was there was a point where I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to hang out with friends. Everybody was asking me to do stuff. And I was like, no, right? I remember I was reading one of my devotionals. And it said that the devil loves to keep you isolated. (laughs) And I was like, God. And the reason why that's important, because that morning somebody asked to hang out and I was like, no, I read that devotional and I was like, God, really? Because I felt like he was trying to talk to me like, sis, you need to go out. We're not going to keep you in this house because when you are in isolation, how are you going to see another perspective? How are you going to learn? How are you going to see the light when you're deliberately trying to stay in the darkness? So it was a fight, but God knows how to get to his daughter. And you know, God communicates with us in very different ways, very different ways. For me, my grief counselor told me that God, he has to show you, like you got to see it. So he did, he did. And I read that and I'm like, oh, maybe I should say yes. So I hit up, I hit up that person. I'm like, you know what? On second thought, I'll go, but I'm not going to look cute. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. Be yourself. Da, da, da. So I went and I slowly started going out. I slowly started going out. But I will say that devotional that day, just the way that it happened, it really helped push me out. It really helped. And you know when they say you take one step, God will do 99. It was really one step though, for real, for real. And he continues to take the other steps. And I'm not going to lie, y'all. I'm walking you through this because I want you to understand that when you're in that dark spot, it's not easy. It's really difficult. It's really difficult. But we have to fight with the faith. We have to fight. It is a fight. It is a fight. It is a fight. I did not want to come back to the podcast. I did not want to come back to the limelight. But God was like, nah, this is you. (laughs) This is you since I made you. Where are you going? And no matter how much I tried to hide from it, and then people kept talking about it, like, are you going to do the show? Are you going to do the show? And I'm like, no, leave me alone. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And God was like, well, she ain't doing it right now, but she's, she's coming. Hold on, y'all. I feel like that's how God be talking to me, at least. <laughs> but, you know, in addition to people and all of these things, there are other accessories that has helped me to be in peace with him. If you ever were in a place where you wondered where God was, I really hope that this episode serves as a reminder that he is here and that he loves you and he is patient and very understanding and that we all go through some very rough things in life and it's hard. And even when you take a pause, even when you don't want to talk, even when you're like over it, he is still working on your behalf. And that is such a beautiful thing to know. It really provides 
some wonderful comfort. And I really hope that this episode did comfort you. And if it did, I would love to hear how. I would love to hear your resources. What do you do? I'm still learning. We are learning together. So if there's anything you would love to share, your story or anything that works for you, I would love to hear about it. You can contact me on savethegirlgirl.com in the contact section. You can also send me an email at info at savethegirlgirl.com. And you can send me direct messages on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest, on threads, wherever you guys like. You can contact me. I would love to hear your feedback because we need to remember who's really in charge and it's not us. And I think sometimes we get wrapped up into our circumstances and we try to pull ourselves out. But what if we actually leaned on him and, you know, asked him to guide us? And then all of a sudden things just start unraveling, right? Ami, this episode is dedicated to you. I love you so much. Thank you for being such a wonderful model example of a woman, a friend, a wife, a mother, a sister, a cousin. You embody all of your roles so well. And it is my hope that I can be a mother and a wife just like you. I look up to you and I admire you so much and I thank you. And I'm so grateful that God chose me to be your daughter. Thank you so much. I love you, mommy. I really do. I love you. I can't wait to hug you. I love you. So y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share your feedback and remember that God loves you. My favorite quote from the Bible, and I have this everywhere in my room, is from Psalm 4610. And it's simple. Be still and know. Be still and know that God's going to cover you. Be still and know that whatever you want is on the way. Be still and know that you are protected. Be still and know that you are loved. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. Because <laughs> I'm like really getting into it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a wonderful week and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.